Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. DTK Potters, I'm your host, Sky Guasco. This is episode 194 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Bring it back to continue our series on the incoming rookies for the NFL draft coming up tomorrow. Can't believe the NFL draft is actually here already. Uh, we are joined once again by Jonathan Rifkin and always Lucas Kayser. Today we are breaking down the wide receivers before we get into that. Jonathan, great to have you back, my man. Please uh, reintroduce yourself to our audience and uh, let's get into it. Always happy to be here, Sky. Appreciate the opportunity as always. Lucas, you too. Um, yeah, Pac-12 Podcast and the Believe Podcast Network, sports broadcaster in the greater Southern California area. Uh, specializing in both high school and college sports, but uh, my expertise sort of wanes into the NFL level just because I pay so much attention to what happens uh, at the amateur levels as well. Um, so I'm going to do my best to contribute what I can here to this podcast. Excellent. And I mentioned in previous podcasts with you, uh, obviously you were in here last year for this same uh, similar breakdown, um, but I really appreciate your perspective uh, because you do work at the high school level as well. Now, obviously, we don't talk about high school kids here on the right. podcast or in fantasy football. However, it matters when you pay attention to these kids from sophomore year, junior, senior year of high school into college, how they develop that way, and then, of course, into the pros. So, again, you have a, a very unique perspective um, that not a lot of people in the space have in that you you have an idea of these kids for a good six, eight-year chunk sometimes um, of what you actually diagnose. So I appreciate that. Uh, Lucas, always great to have you in as well, my man. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Um, this is my favorite position to break down, I think. I came to that consensus, I think, this year, just sort of in the, the, the overall, I guess, scouting, if you want to call it scouting process of this class. Excellent. We got a lot of them to cover. We did the quarterbacks and uh, running backs yesterday, of course, uh, wide receivers today, tight ends tomorrow in the NFL draft tomorrow, the teledraft. We'll see how that actually breaks down. But we got a lot of names to cover, guys. Um, we're going to do our best to uh, blaze through these quick as we can to not have a super long episode, but I'll just preface it early that uh, <laughs> this one might be a little extended. So it is a podcast. You're welcome to pause and come back to it, but we're going to do our best to bring you the best content we possibly can as well. Make sure to subscribe right now to the YouTube channel and, um, and leave a rate and review anywhere you listen to your podcast. All right, boys, let's dive right into it here. Um, pretty much the consensus up here at the top is some version of CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, and Henry Ruggs. Um, Lucas, we'll start with you really quick. Um, we're not doing a rankings per se here, but how would you list these guys personally? And why don't you uh, pick pick one to dive into, and then we'll turn over to Riff. Yeah, so all my rankings in my top four is in this order. Lamb, Judy, Jefferson, Ruggs. It was that before the Combine. It is that now. Obviously, after the Combine, we'll revisit that post-NFL draft. I can't imagine it's going to change a whole lot. Um, I mean, we can probably break down Lamb and Judy together. Alpha's on their team in college, um, Oklahoma, Alabama. They're going to be drafted to be uh, most likely given maybe one or two spots. Alpha or 1B receivers in the NFL, all their measurables are good. All their production's good. I think it'll just come down to how good of a situation do they land in to predict who the number one is in this class. I think I just like Lamb a little better. I think his – we're not going to go break down who's better between Bama and Oklahoma – maybe who they played it was better but I think his ability to create plays a little better I think just stood out to me compared to Jerry Judy he not that he had to make more plays because Oklahoma was a good football team but I think that he's just a little more creative when he has the ball in his hands 
but Judy's still just as good to me. So they're like my 1A, 1B, um, but obviously I have to give them a 1 and 2 ranking. But I think they could easily flop just based on best landing spot um, post-NFL draft. Riff? Uh, yeah, I have Lamb, Judy, Jefferson, Ruggs. I have a crazy hot take that I will bring up later because I don't want to be accused of being a Pac-12 homer just yet in, in where we are in the podcast, um, but we'll get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I have no spat with what Lucas just said, so we can we can go ahead and break down these guys. Excellent, great. So we've you know, there's a lot. Obviously, the the majority of content in any fantasy circle or NFL draft combine recap is on these four guys in particular. So there's a lot out there. There's not much we're going to say that you haven't heard already. Um, so I did want to get uh, both of your takes, obviously, but Lucas uh, spends a lot of time behind the scenes breaking every position down, as you know, um, with the rookie draft guide coming up at the end of the month that you all are well aware of at this point, uh, but just the analytics and the stats. So want to make sure we're, we're taking that into consideration. Okay, so some version of Lamb, Judy, Jefferson, and Ruggs as the top four guys. Uh, really quick, before we move on from these guys, um, where... <laughs> Let's do this. We obviously we have no say in where these guys land. We can't really predict it because the NFL draft is insane every year. So let's have a little bit of fun. Um, Lucas, we'll start with you. Where do you want each one of these receivers to land? Where do I want? Oh, so for for once, I think I want Lamb on the Raiders. I think that'd just be fun. A lot of opportunity there. Maybe is that going to be good fantasy opportunity? Well, that'll be a whole different podcast or how we're going to break that down. Judy, I don't really know because like I was kind of. Um, I guess I'll, I'll go to the other ones. Rugs, I want him on the Broncos. Not that I think he's a really good one, he's a good receiver, but not that he would be a higher fantasy receiver. I think it would just help the Broncos in general with how they want to run that offense. Jefferson, I want either on the Eagles or the Vikings just to eat up targets. I really like him. He, as much as I want to put him at my number one, I know that I probably can't because just he's really good in what he does, but it's not what CeeDee Lamb and Judy can do. So I'd say Eagles or Vikings and... I don't know. Judy's tough because he's been mocked right around the Jets. Like that's like his like famous landing spot. I think the Chargers is something that's interesting. If they do pick at six and they don't want to go quarterback, I think they could maybe go for a guy like Judy. Uh, we've seen crazier things happen, and there was a report um, uh, two days. Well, I guess as you're hearing this, a couple of days ago, that the draft, that mock drafts have been like completely wrong that it's going to be crazy, like no one knows it's actually going to happen. So I think we could see a guy like him go super high. If he goes to the Chargers with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, I think they could definitely do some damage. That would be like my best absolute landing spot that I'd want him to go. Riff, how about you, bro? Uh, yeah, Lamb to Vegas would be sick. Jefferson, Philadelphia, Minnesota, Indianapolis would be sick. I don't know if India will be able to get that pick. Um, Ruggs... My only thing about something like you need a quarterback. Like, do you really trust whoever Denver decides to put a quarterback yeah, to, yet, to make guess, rugs yeah. productive? Right. Like, so like, that's my, that's my problem. Um, I Denver's cool. I think Indiana is another good spot for him for rugs. Um, I, I love, I want Jerry Judy to go to Tampa Bay. I want him to go to Tampa Bay so bad. Put him on the other side of Mike Evans. Let TV, they get, Eno Benjamin in their next pick. You get your dump down back and then you got, Two, and then maybe we'll see what happens with OJ Howard, but I mean that's just such a target to line yeah. on the other side. Um, so I think that would be that would be the most fun place that we could see him go, whether or not he actually go there. I think the Chargers again, we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be. Are they going to draft Herbert? Are they going to trade up to draft Herbert? Are they can trade up to draft Tua. I don't know. Also, if they do, do you really trust them 
to be able to make one of these wide receivers productive? And also, will they even be in a position to take one of these wide receivers if they are indeed taking a quarterback? So there's a lot of different variables that go into where these guys land for me. Um, but overall, with the exception of Judy going to Tampa Bay, I completely agree with you on uh, the other three and their potential landing spots, Lucas. So what I'm hearing you say is none of these guys will end up in San Francisco. I don't think they're going to take one. Like, I, I think... Because I was, I'm trying to like figure out what they're gonna do, and I'm, I'm gonna make that final mock draft like before the draft. Like they don't have a second, third, or fourth round pick, mm-hmm. so they really have to think they two need in a, the first. Yeah, they really have to think they need a receiver if they want to spend one on. It'd be thirteen if they want to get a top guy. Jefferson would probably, like he's mocked to the Eagles. I don't even know if he's gonna be there. Like the Broncos could easily be like where he goes if all these guys are gone at fifteen, wherever it's at. Um, I don't know. I It's more so me, like, not being super high on, like, Denzel Mims and Jalen Rager for, like, the Niners to believe in that. But they still have Jalen Hurd. They still have Kendrick Bourne. Um, I'm going to throw in Dante Pettis in that group because he could easily – whatever. I don't know. We've talked about it before. We don't really know what happened. I just think they – not that they have other needs. That's just not how they run their offense. I don't know if they're going to – if you draft a guy like Judy, he's going to expect the 25-plus percent market share – and then you have to take away from Kittle, from Debo Samuel. You still have Jalen Hurd coming back, like I said. I think people don't realize how much of a role in that offense he's going to play. He he was dra- like he was literally Debo Samuel. Like they were going to have two Debo Samuels on the offense. He just got hurt. So I don't know. I just don't. I don't think he's going to. One's going to land there personally to me. Cool. Fair enough. I think my my 49er realistic 49er receivers actually in the second tier that we'll get into here. So. I- so the top tier, uh, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, Henry Ruggs, no real surprises there. Let's dive into the second tier here. Uh, Jalen Rager, T. Higgins, LaVisca Chenault, Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, Jonathan, we'll let you kick it off this time. Uh, okay, so of the tier two wide receivers, Michael Pittman Jr. is my favorite. Uh, this is a perfect segue because I think he's going to go to San Francisco. I want him to go to San Francisco. I think you should want him to go to San Francisco. This guy, this guy is a possession wide receiver machine. Um, talk about guys, you know, you you alluded to how I'm in the high school scene. So this guy, from where I sit right now, his high school is about five minutes from where I am. Uh, Oak Christian High School, shout out to the Lions. Michael Pittman Jr. was the top wide receiver in California. For some reason decided to go to USC <laughs> and threw um, one – okay year of Kessler, a bad, a decent year, and then a very bad start for JT Daniels, and then bailing out Keaton Slovis every single game this year, including the Stanford game where Michael Pittman Jr. should have been the, re- the reason that people focused on why they won that game and not Keaton Slovis. This guy's a monster. This guy is the most NFL-ready wide receiver of any of the Tier 2s, in my opinion. I think T. Higgins is probably the next closest one, um, but, man, I... I love. That. I don't. I don't really see much downside. Like, yeah, he's not the fastest guy, but I think for his size, he's a lot faster than people realize. He can create space. I read a critique that he's not explosive. I strongly disagree. Go look at like explosive catchability, whatever you want to call it. Um, strongly disagree. Uh, we can go look at highlights. We can get into that. But for the sake of, of fluidity, I'm not going to get into that too much. Um, but yeah, Pittman's my favorite. Higgins number two. Probably Chenault three, just because of what he was able to do with Steven Montez as his quarterback. Um, Montez, everybody says, to go late, maybe sixth or seventh round in the NFL draft. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. I don't think that system was very good. And yet, LaVisca Chenault was phenomenal. Um, and I think that that just speaks to who he is. 
who he can be in the NFL. And then I have Denzel Mims and um, and Jalen Reger up in the rear. Probably Reger a little bit better, a little bit higher than Mims in my rankings. All right. As far as uh, Michael Pittman goes, he is huge. 6'4", 223, 89th percentile catch radius. Um, so you know, certainly something that the 49ers can use with the big body. Love Kittle, obviously. I think Jalen Hurd is going to be awesome. Um, but uh, Debo is a beast when he gets the ball, but more of a maybe a slot over the middle guy, um, less of a, a prototypical number one um, per se. So that could be a nice fit there. Uh, for his speed, a 4'5". Um, 40 yard dash, which is awesome for his size, as you mentioned. So, uh, I think you know, 93rd percentile, uh, speed adjusted score, I think, is is great for Michael Pittman. So, a nice, not quite a sleeper by any means, but in the second tier, uh, he was the last name on the list that I have here, and, and he's at the top of, of your area, though. So, maybe that fifth, uh, you know, fifth receiver, maybe in your rankings, if you will, uh, behind the, the big four, uh, four there. So, Nice pickup on him. Uh, Lucas, we'll turn to you. Um, who's maybe your favorite out of this group? Uh, Rager Higgins, Chenault, Sims, or Mims, and uh, Pittman. And how do you have the rest of these guys ranked out? Yeah, I'll kind of just sort of – so my rankings in terms of just as that group, I have um, – hey, I have Rager over Higgins. I don't know. I'm still kind of torn on this group because it's tough. Rager has the most, I think, upside just in terms of, like, athletic ability um, that he brings into this. He played with TCU – they brought in a transfer quarterback. I, I, I want to say out of Texas Tech. Don't I don't remember where they brought him in, but then ultimately Max Dugan, who I actually played against in high school too, kind of a, I don't know, just a cool little fact there. He took over as TCU's quarterback. People said he sucked. Like, yeah, he was bad. Okay, but he's a freshman court, a true freshman quarterback playing in the Big 12. Big 12 defenses might not be that good, but just the pressure of that I can't imagine. So there, he'll have room for growth. But ultimately, Rager... Um, took the fall for that. I think if Rager had good production, like a Ruggs or Jefferson, he would he would be in that top tier just because he's so athletic. Um, so I think they're close. Um, Higgins, I've started to grow on him a lot. I think people are kind of falling down just because he didn't run the run up the combine, but neither did J.K. Dobbins, and everyone seems to like him, so I don't know where that sort of correlates. Higgins' ability to just, like, he's just a route, like, I don't want to say a good route runner, like a route genius like the way he just runs all the routes is exactly what you need at the next level to create space he stacks the corner fantastically he's just like he just seems like it's smooth um the numbers were were there but they weren't there to what you'd expect for the corner the route receiver one at clemson but he's just an nfl ready receiver chenault's tough because his ultimate comps debo samuel i hate when people just throw that comp out there just because he gets the ball and like handoffs and stuff but He's super efficient in the short game. Um, his, his like, downfield game was not that great in terms of just, like, jump balls, whatever the reason is. Steven Montez, Colorado offense, um, different different aspects play into that. Mims tested through the roof but didn't show anything on film, and apparently he played with a broken hand his junior year, just like apparently Julian Edelman broke his ribs the whole year after the season was done. So we're not gonna I'm not going to buy into that too much. And then Pittman, he's just a freak. Like, his is his size-speed combo with every... The problem with Pittman is I think, like, his size and speed is there. His film was just, like, good enough to be, like, a second-round pick. Where I think if, like, maybe he had the film of, like, a regular Chenault um, in terms of, like, just, like, a highlight reel, I think he might be higher. So this is a group that I think... I think this group proves why you don't need to take a receiver in the first round. Because there's... Uh, I don't know. I don't even want to say less of a less of a ceiling, but there's still good, can, competent cor- or wide receivers in this class. 
So that is why, like, with the Niners, I think they should trade back, acquire a second, and then go get whoever they want out of this group. Quality value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, throughout. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, my guy, actually, and Michael Pittman, I think, you know, Jonathan, I think that'd be great. Again, prototypical number one. We just broke him down. I think he'd be an excellent fit for the 49ers specifically. I also, T. Higgins is my dog. Um, Clemson receivers in general, man. I mean, Sammy Watkins, New Hopkins. Uh, Mike Williams, you know, the list goes on and on of Clemson receivers. They're just beasts, all of them. Love T. Higgins. Um, for a while, uh, I've been kind of <laughs> excited about his opportunity at the professional level in general. But now the 49ers, I think, again, could find some value with him later on, potentially where these bigger names are probably going to go ahead of him. So that could be an opportunity there. Lucas, I agree with you. They should uh, get some value in the second round there. Jonathan, take it away. Yeah, can I touch on T. Higgins real quick? So I real I love T. I love Clemson, man. I love Dabo. I love the program. They don't allow transfers, which is a phenomenal philosophy that you never see uh, at a Power Five level. Um, but where T. Higgins struggled this season was against uh, teams with good defensive backs. Like the ACC ranked five out of five of Power Five defensive back ratings. Like their efficiency in the secondary was really low, right? Like the offense in the in the ACC was was exaggerated because the secondary was so weak. So I think that he benefited in conference from that aspect. You're not going to get that in the NFL. Like you, again, like the conversation that we had in the running backs podcast was, well, in the NFL, even the worst line, even the worst player is still better than probably the best in college. But uh, when it comes to something like this, when it comes to competition, he has not faced competition consistently like he did or like he will in the NFL. Um, Ohio State, four for 33. That's what he put up against LSU in the national championship game, three for 52. These are NFL caliber defenses that he struggled to produce against. Um, and so for me, I just want to see what he can do. We know the skills are there, but it's whether or not it translates against the best of the best. Um, so that's my only question with him. I agree, though. I think as far as skill goes, like this guy might actually have the most skill of any wide receiver in the draft. Yeah, the Fair. only, like the only thing with that, like I, I get the argument. I think it's what a lot of people are making. Is I went back and watched like the LSU game. Uh, well, one, there was a touchdown play that he got offensive pass interference. He didn't even he didn't even put up his hands on the guy. Or whatever, it's a completely different conversation. Forty yard touchdown got called back. So take that away from the stat line. He in that game, he the, the he was messed like Fulton. He Fulton stood no chance in that game of covering him in terms of just like every single route. He stacked them on every play, had the separation. Trevor Lawrence really wasn't, like, he was accurate, but, like, he actually wasn't that good this year. When you look at, like, every single throw he made, the balls weren't right there. Maybe, I mean, I don't think I'd be able to throw a pass against LSU's pass rush last year, just how good it was. So maybe it's just a lack of um, pocket percentage of pocket. Can I, can I disagree with you? I think that I think that he's the best quarterback in next year's draft. Oh, I yeah, think that he was yeah. really good. I think I, think, I think that yeah. he was undervalued this year from our perspective, like from a media perspective, just because Clemson didn't perform the way that we expected them to perform. Like mm -hmm. I still think he was like a top five quarterback in the nation, and so yeah. I don't know. I don't know. If, I'm we haven't really disagreed, Lucas. So I'm going to disagree with you here. I think that's the <laughs> Higgins. Like I, I, I think that the argument holds just because against Clemson, like that's just how they can Travis Etienne. Like they had all the offensive pieces to be successful, and they were successful. But T. Higgins seems to be like, as far as like the three playmakers that they had went out of the back of their quarterback and the wide receiver, it just felt like T. Higgins in the big spots didn't produce compared to the other two guys. Yeah, that's, 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 that's true. You'd think like a guy that big would like, I don't want to say take over, because like how much can you take over on like Derek Stingy and Stingy, right, Stingy right. and Christian Fulton? But yeah, there's definitely like an underwhelming factor. I just feel like maybe it's being like 
blown out of proportion maybe in terms of the overall grade because if everyone's super high on Rager for not like producing I don't know like I guess it just like kind of goes both ways with every single prospect to fair work. enough I guess yeah I don't know if that's why it's tough to you that's why no one's rankings are completely right or players are undervalued overvalued for sure and that's why wide receivers are such a shit show when it comes to mm-hmm. drafting is because yeah. all these guys like we'll get we'll get into like like last year I said like Nikhil Harry was one of my picks that nobody's gonna really think about and like like this is just wide receivers it's it's such a crapshoot when it comes to these guys and they can come from anywhere and they can be successful from the worst schools or they can be unsuccessful from the best schools mm-hmm. lucas we'll start with you where would you like to see these five fall in the draft i think rager's best spot would be the packers i don't want them to take him at 30 but i think that he is not a wide receiver one in the nfl i think he's just if he paired him with Devonte adams I think it'd just work. Just the dynamic of the offense. You'd have a speedster guy, just a just a five to six target a game, but can ultimately go for like three catches and 150 yards type receiver. Um, Higgins. I had Texans down before they made the um, the awesome trade for Brandon Cooks, but <laughs> not anymore because they're not going to draft one. I think the Niners would be good. I think, yeah, like I don't. I think any team could benefit if he's stealing his touch. Um, the Chenault, hmm, I don't know. I think I think the Eagles would be okay if they got him in round two or three because I think he is going to fall, um, which he had surgery. I don't know the extent of how that will go. I think that the Eagles would be good just because they need, they need to rework whatever the hell is going on there in that wide receiver room, um, give him five, six touches in the backfield at screens, um, whatever you need to do there. Mims. I don't know because he's gonna. Get, I think he's gonna get overdrafted. Teams are just gonna buy into his combine production. Um, Colts, maybe. I think that'd be a decent spot for him. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's the one that I don't really know. And then Pittman, I re- I'm gonna have to do double Colts here. I think Pittman to the Colts would be awesome. Um, you got him, Ty, uh, Zach Pascal, Paris Campbell. I think that'd be fun. Riff. Uh, Rager, I agree. I think would be fun in Green Bay. I think he'd be fun with the Chargers too. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of Keenan Allen, T. Higgins, I think Indianapolis would be a really good spot for him. Chanel, I think the fourth round pick that the Ravens have, if for certain, like you said, he's going to drop, mm-hmm. and because he, he had look, he had course, like he had surgery on like an abdominal muscle. Like this dude just lifts a shit ton, so like that's what happens sometimes. <laughs> um, he's so, a beast, so he had surgery. Right, yeah, like so, like. <laughs> So I think I think it'd be fun to see him in Baltimore. He would be a good offset uh, to some of the pieces that they have there. Mims in Indiana, I like, um, and then Pittman Jr. Yeah, 49ers. Please, I will honestly see him on that. I don't. To be honest with you, Sky, you know I, I like to brown nose with you a little bit because you're the host and you give me this opportunity. But I don't like the 49ers very much. Like I just from like a LA born perspective, you're just born to hate Northern California in general. Sure. Um, but I want, man, I want to see Michael Pittman on the 49ers. I'm a big Michael Pittman guy, so I knew I think he would do really well there. Well, you know the 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 uh, the love hate is mutual. I mean, I was born and raised to not like LA. That's just how it goes, well, dude. Let me let me ease you a little bit. I'm a Celtic and Red Sox fan. I'm not a Patriot fan. Deal. So you can you can hate the LA sports like that doesn't affect me at all. Yeah, but see see it's funny like I I've gone into this a lot in the early days. I don't talk about it anymore, but you know, my original <laughs> my original two co-hosts 
Daniel and Curly, uh, were all candlestick kids, right? That comes from the 49ers and the Giants Stadium of the OG in San Francisco, right. where all of us grew up going to going to ball games. That's how the podcast got started, yada yada. So we all grew up in the Bay. So it's like anti Dodgers, anti Lakers, anti uh, Rams, uh, you know, all the things, whatever. Um, but as I get old uh, and mature, um, I I am I'm and and the games have changed. I don't want to dial back the clock too much and kill time. But, you know, I'm, I'm 33, right? So growing up in the 90s and uh, the early 2000s, the 90s was still a time where you had players in every sport who were on that team for their whole fucking career, right. which, was, which for me is a nostalgic big deal. It was really, really cool because you think of a player as, as that team's guy. Um, 2000s started to fade out now. I mean, you're lucky if you get a dude for five years in any sport, especially the NBA, right, even baseball. So my, my – um, my venom for the LA teams has dwindled very quickly because it's less about the organization. And it's more like, do I not like a player? Well, now that guy's on like the white Sox, So, you know, who gives a shit? Um, So that's just kind of a funny thing with like the rivalry in sports now where I've grown out of that. Like, I don't like the Dodgers. It's like, I don't root for them because of the Dodgers and I'm not supposed to, but at the same time, it's like, I don't really give a shit. I like players on the Dodgers now. So what do I do? <laughs> you know. So I, I think I think that's a kind of a interesting perspective nowadays. All right, cool. I appreciate that. Let's jump into our third tier here, um, and that's uh, KJ Hamler, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Lynn Bowden Jr., and Devin Duvernay. Um, I think all these guys are interesting. I definitely want to hear the take specifically on uh, Brandon Ayuk. But um, let's kick it off here. Um, Jonathan, why don't we kick it back to you here uh, again? And, and again, who, who's your maybe your your favorite prospect out of this group? And um, a quick synopsis on each guy if you have one, uh, and then maybe maybe where do you think they would each land? Yeah, I think Hamler's my number. No, I think I'm going to be confident here. Hamler is my number one uh, from Penn State for sure. Uh, we we see we saw what they did. I watched their one of their. I watched most of their games in capacity, not totally, but there was one game where I watched the entire thing and. Even just like when he wasn't involved in the when his number wasn't called on a pass, like he was still productive in a way. Whether it was like those off-ball screens where like they're not legal, but like you still get away with it. Like he was very good at those. Um, he was very good at just opening up the middle of the field for other playmakers. So I I really loved his awareness. I think he like people don't understand like you when you could be placed all over the field as a wide receiver. Like you have to be able to understand like spatial awareness because where you are in the field in comparison to where all your other teammates are is important. And when you're being moved around the line, that spatial awareness shifts. And like this guy played all over the field for Penn State. He was always productive. Um, and so I just from that perspective alone, like that puts him above uh, a lot, most of these guys, even in like the tier one and two classes, just from IQ. But from a athletic standpoint, you know, Penn State has always been a pretty proven producer of skilled players um and i don't know why he's any exception to that rule he had a good season he had a great season um for a team that was underwhelming offensively and just in general especially with their offensive line it was uh it was i mean look you don't have saquon barkley anymore but it is what it is um so he's my number one i think devin deverney deverney from texas is my number two he's underrated i think sam ellinger was terrible um and when you have a terrible quarterback and you're a pretty good wide receiver they're probably a lot better than the number show or the highlight tape shows. And so I'm, I'm don't like giving athletes the benefit of the doubt typically, because I think we sensationalize most of these guys anyways. And like in a year, we forget about like 92% of the people that we talk about. Um, but I don't think he's like that. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. So he's my number two. Uh, Ayuk is my number three. 
I know he only played one year at uh, ASU. Jaden mm-hmm. Daniels is going to be the best Pac-12 quarterback in the next two seasons. I think he's going to be a Heisman runner-up by the time he's a senior and probably uh, a top five pick when he enters the NFL. So he was the Brandon Ayuk is the product of a phenomenal system at Arizona State, but he is the the skills um, to be in a, a quality NFL receiver. So I'm at my four or at my three, and then um, I actually don't like Lynn Bowden Jr. that much. Like I don't think that he. I get why he's in this class, but I think like guys like Tyler Johnson, Isaiah Hodgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones are going to be much more productive wide receivers at the next level. Um, so in, of this group, Bowden Jr. is my four, um, but I actually have him much lower on my list overall. Lucas? I'm going to add in one guy too, Brian Edwards. We forgot to put him in here out of South Carolina. He just got hurt um, like prior to the combine, so he just – like no one's going to be talking about him in the first – probably three rounds is because he got hurt um i'm just going to kind of break it down i guess how i kind of view these guys so hamler hit he is going to have a very fun career in the nfl like like a will fuller type career i don't know about injuries i don't know his history but he's just a player that um like if you watched the iowa game last year like it was just like how does a guy at 5 11 178 make plays like that he, he plays completely out of his size he plays like a wide receiver once, and he'll be very fun. I mean, like like you said, they produce receivers. Allen Robinson, Chris Goblin, look at him now. They were extremely mm-hmm. undervalued, and then they come into the league, and they just produce with Blake Bortles. I mean, I'm going to say Jameis Winston because he's not really that good of a quarterback, but it works for what he does. Um, so I think he'll have a very fun career. He's like the ultimate like Broncos draft I want would be like an offensive tackle, and then like him instead of Ruggs in round one, like Hamler in round two because I think that would work just as well um, and benefit the team even more. Ayuk, I just like, I'm not like, I don't know. I'm not going to like compare him to Nikhil Harry, but like the whole Nikhil Harry thing last year, like it just didn't work out. Ayuk is like, a, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's basically a running back, just the way he, he runs with the ball. Like it, it's very um, kind of like Chanel. It just works. I don't know how well that's going to translate over. I don't, I don't know. I, I have him as like my wide receiver 10 or 9 in this class uh yeah no 11 actually so i don't know like he he could easily rise he's been getting a lot of like first round grades from some teams apparently some teams apparently really liked him compared to Nikhil harry which is crazy to me because Nikhil harry was like a round one grade and then in all mock traps Ayuk's going like round three so like those that doesn't really add up to me but believe believe whatever uh draft hype you will i guess you could say um lynn bowden he he'll only be fun and exciting if he goes to like a select group of like four or five teams that I can kind of think of, which we'll break down after. Played quarterback, played running back, played receiver at Kentucky. Just a really fun college player. Not that he's like Tim Tebow, but I feel like that's kind of like what you could kind of think of. Maybe his college career, his NFL career is like one or two seasons of just like he gets a chance and does well. Um, but he's really fun. And then Duvernay, yeah, he ran a four three nine. 40 at the combine just he's just super fast he's 220 some pounds built like a running back like Chanel is he basically told Colin Johnson like hey I'm the wide receiver one this year Colin Johnson was supposed to be like this like first round NFL pick his his wide receiver room and then um Brandon Eagles and Devin DuVernay completely took over um if you want to watch he I'm, I was actually doing his write-up today like there wasn't like one game that was like his whole season was good like LSU had a really good game Oklahoma I think he had like three touchdowns so he just had a really good year. And then Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. Um, he is the analytics like centerpiece, you could say. Um, he, breakout edge, I know we've talked about it before, but it's just when you eclipse greater than 20% of your team, um, your total teams 
receiving yards and touchdowns, or if you're running back, rushing yards and touchdowns. But Brian Edwards broke out at age like 17.6, which is like the 99th percentile. So if you're like a huge, like you only draft or evaluate guys based off numbers um, or those analytics, he's the guy. I think he has a lot of upside primarily due to because he's going to go later in the comp or later in the draft now just because he got hurt. So like he'll be on a short-term contract. The team will keep him around. It just kind of like evens out, I think, to his upside. Um, but I think in terms of rankings, it's tough because they're all like they all play kind of different. I think Ayuk could have the better career if he just comes into like that wide receiver two, wide receiver one B role. Hamler and Duvernay, they're both going to have fun careers. Bowden, if he lands on like the perfect fit, could easily be something really exciting. And then Edwards, we just got to kind of see with the medicals. Yeah, like uh, KJ Hamler, you mentioned I was going to make a mention, but you uh, you got it taken care of with Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson. You think of Penn State and the and the Big Ten in general as as a run first play defense uh, conference. Um, Saquon Barkley, obviously Miles Sanders, but uh, both those guys were great. And KJ Hamler now too, I like him a lot. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was interesting. I wanted to hear about it just because he's a JUCO transfer um, and. You know, really didn't get max production until his senior year. So, you know, having having a, a late breakout, you know, um, is sometimes uh, not beneficial for these receivers um, coming into the NFL. And then uh, Duvernay again, love him four three forty yard dash in the ninety five percentile plus. He's a big big target there. So, love those guys. I I um, think that's a great. Great connection. Uh, Lucas, why don't you continue here and break down who you think, um, who would you like to see these players fall to? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Edwards, I think the Colts, I think, I know I have a lot of Colts, but I think they're going to get one of these, like, second. They got to get somebody. <laughs> yeah, so I think that he'd be fun just because he could, they could get him in, like, the fourth round. He wouldn't even have to play this year because they don't need a receiver to play this year, but, like, long term, they need a receiver um, with T.Y. ultimately out the door, and Campbell's not a wide receiver one. So I think Edwards there, Duvernay. Hmm. Uh, I don't, gosh, I don't even know for him. Bowden, I think the Saints would be like my ultimate spot because I, th I don't want to like, I know we talked about like a team switching to what like the Ravens do. The Saints could easily, when Breeze retires, switch to what the Ravens do and just run read options and RPOs with Taysom Hill, Lynn Bowden, Kamar. I know that's like a far, like that's like a far stretch, but I think that'd be fun. Him on the Bears would be fun. Because, I mean, I don't want to say he's a better quarterback than Trubisky and Nick Foles, but, I mean, it probably wouldn't take much to be the level they are. Ayuk, um, I don't know. I think, like, the Ravens could be fun, too. Um, I know we had him going to – or Chenault kind of going there, but he kind of is, like, a wide receiver one, but he's, like, you wouldn't need him to be. Um, and he's, like, a running back with the ball in his hands, I said. Hamler, um, I think Broncos or – the Bears is probably another one. I think it's a little more realistic. Um, they need something with Allen Robinson. They have Anthony Miller, but he's a wide receiver three at best. I think the Bears would be fun. Duvernay, um, I don't know. Go, I'd say to say Bears. They need they need some type of downfield stretcher to add to that offense. So I think that'd be a good fit. Riff, where do you think these guys are falling, or where would you like them to fall? How about that? Yeah. Um... I don't know. I, Lucas has been really good with the list so far. Yeah, I think Hamler. You can you Chicago can second you can second them. <laughs> yeah, there there are some there are some. I think Hamler. Should, uh, man, you just got to figure out the quarterback situation. I want all of these guys to be successful, but I'm not gonna be like I want Hamler to go to Chicago because I don't want his career to be over as soon as he gets drafted. Yeah. 
Like, so like, so like, that's my struggle. Like Denver, Chicago is great, but who the fuck is throwing him the football? So, so that's my, that's my struggle with those two. I, those are the two best places for him to go. If, if they can figure out the quarterback situation, uh, Hamler in Vegas would be interesting. Um, but I think Brandon Ayuk in Vegas, that'll be fun, right? The dude from Nevada, he went to Re- he's from Reno. He went to Sierra College, which is Northern Nevada uh, Community College. It would be cool to see him go to Vegas. Sort of, it's not the hometown boy, obviously, but uh, but the state hero, if you will. You don't hear many Nevadians who can go back to the to the state at the professional level. So unless you're in hockey, and who cares about that? So, um, so I guess you're from the Midwest. So I guess you care a little bit more about hockey than we do out here, Lucas. But I, I uh, guess, sure. I guess I don't know about Iowa. In Iowa, they care about hockey. But anyway, so. Uh, Ayuk to Vegas would be cool. Bowden Jr. Yeah, New Orleans. I think he would be a good. He's the guy who's gonna take pressure off like your wide receiver one or wide receiver two. Um, I could see him in Houston also. Um, Devin Duvernay. <sighs> That's a tough one. Rams. I could see him going to the Rams. Um, again, I don't know how much you trust Goff, um, but. Obviously, they're re- reworking his contract to be able to number one keep him and number two try to get some more pieces. So yeah, I'd see Deverney on the uh, on the Rams and then Edwards. I like that you added him. Um, I have a special place for South Carolina in my heart just because I love the Holinsky family. I actually know them personally. Um, obviously, we know about Tyler Holinsky at Washington State. His brother Ryan Holinsky is the quarterback out South Carolina. Shout out uh, to Orange Lutheran High School just down the street here in Orange County. Um, but yeah, I think Indiana for Edwards would be phenomenal. Um, you can, he's he's a, just a big chiseled man. Like you can kind of fit him anywhere. He's kind of like a, a tier below what Michael Pittman will probably end up being, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I think Indiana would be a solid landing spot for him. I'm glad that you finally brought up the Rams. Uh, I was going to see how long it had lasted because obviously they do have they do have um, Cooper Cup and 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 Robert Woods, uh, but they lose Todd Gurley. Um, they lose Brandon Cooks, obviously, in two years. Last year was a shit show. Uh, they just didn't know what to do when everybody exposed them. Uh, and when the Patriots exposed them in the Super Bowl, they couldn't bounce back properly. Uh, and golf just isn't effective under pressure. But two years ago, when they were the you know greatest show on uh, grass, um, they were crushing it with three receivers constantly. So I think to have a third option there – Personally, I'm a Josh Reynolds guy. I, I don't know if anybody even knows who the fuck Josh Reynolds is, but I think he's awesome. And in his limited time, when one of those receivers goes down in the last two years, um, he's been awesome, quite effective. He's definitely a, a dynasty grab for me, for sure, in, in all drafts just because. But I think uh, picking them up. And also uh, Minnesota um, with Diggs moving on to Buffalo. Uh, they're going to need to fill that slot. Um, BC Johnson's not terrible, um, but, but, but Thielen may only be there for another year or two. Uh, as well, so I think Minnesota's going to need some help uh, with did, one of these guys as well. Did Reynolds play at A and M with Winston, or not with Winston, with uh, with Manziel? Was he the other receiver on that team? I think Evan? so. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I'd have to do yeah. some. I don't have the numbers in my head, but it make I I think those add up. That team was disgusting. He was like, but that's that's a good example of a college guy who like a great college career, like every, but like he's like a call, like he's in the NFL because he's a he has skills, but like. That's like a good example of a really good college. Like it's a fourth round pick. Like most of the guys that we're talking about are going to end up probably being like Josh Reynolds. Sure. Just a, a guy who's been waiting his opportunity. And I think he's right. made the most of limited exposure. But if he's able to do it, I think he'd be just fine as a third option uh, for the Rams. Not a huge producer per se in fantasy. But again, Cooper Cup was out an entire season and a half recently. Robert Woods has been nicked up here and there. Uh, so if any of those guys go down and, 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 uh, 
Reynolds can stay healthy, I think they'd be just fine. Uh, while we're talking about hometown guys, uh, Jared Goff from my hometown, he actually went to, I mean, I'm 10 years older than him pretty much, uh, so we definitely didn't play each other in high school or anything, um, but he went to our uh, rival high school back in the uh, back in the Bay Area, Marin Catholic. Uh, I went to Nevada High School for anybody back, uh, back home in the Bay. All right, let's move on to kind of our fourth, fifth, final tier, some of these deeper names here. Got a lot of guys um, that we could mention. Uh, we've already kind of mentioned a couple of these guys. So I'm going to turn you guys loose a little bit here, more of a free form on this last grouping here. A um, couple of guys here, Tyler Johnson, um, Antonio Can uh, Gandy Golden, I know we want to talk about, but uh, Darnell Mooney, Isaiah Hodgins, Colin Johnson, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, James Prochet, and uh, KJ Hill. And if there's anybody else uh, – deeper down this list feel free uh, lucas why don't we kick it off here with you um feel free to pick through this list on who you'd like to go with and uh and we'll carry on yep so i have two guys in here that i i've staked my claim on they are they're my guys in quotation marks tyler johnson and darnell mooney they are both the guys that i feel like i am probably higher on than most um so darnell mooney out of two lane you're probably wondering who the hell is that he well, first off, he's getting like fourth round projections in terms of like NFL draft talk. He um, is really, he's pretty small. Right? Now I got to find his size. Yeah, 5'10, 176. So kind of like how I said Hamler plays out of his size. Mooney plays completely out of his size. He's up there going and grabbing one handed jump balls. He's like, he's making these unreal catches that you wouldn't think a 5'10, 176 pound receiver could do. He played all over Tulane's offense because it was too late he couldn't like stick to just the slot but he'll probably play the slot um come the nfl he ran a 4-3-8-40 which is the 96 percentile so i mean yeah i mean like, he's just he's just fast he's gonna play the slot and he plays out of his size he had a 20 percent target share all four seasons at Tulane. which when we talk about like smaller school receivers you might think they had one really good year and maybe they pop off but he did it for four years holding above a 20 percent target share so I don't want to say that means he's going to be good in the NFL, but he can obviously like hold his own, um, his own right in terms of being a receiver. He's just a really fun player to watch with the ball in his hands, I think. And the part that I think drew me into him was he's drawing NFL hype. So it's not like a shot in the dark, like seventh round pick. I think he, some team will like him a lot. And then Tyler Johnson's the other guy. I mean, for some reason, having a bad attitude makes you not a good football player, I guess. So... <laughs> I don't know. Does Antonio Brown subscribe to that? It's yeah, humble like, pie, bro. Humble pie tastes like shit. Like it's dumb, but it's not dumb, but it is dumb. But like, okay, Tyler Johnson, if you're talking about just the physicality and complete dominance of a wide receiver, like he he is the resemblance of that. So he played the slot mainly in, at Minnesota in sort of their breakout year. He did it for multiple years, but it kind of this year it kind of stuck out. Him and Rashad Bateman played the outside. Um, it's kind of weird because I think of him as Evans and I think of Bateman as Godwin, but they played like opposite roles um, for Minnesota last year. But Tyler Johnson on the line of scrimmage, like just getting open in terms of the slot, he's just it's so like textbook. The shifty uses his hands. He just gets open with his hands mainly than his speed. He, um, to give a little backstory, did not get invited to the Senior Bowl. He is a senior. He got invited to the Shrine Game or something like that, something lower tier sat out said he was prepping for the combine he's gonna go train get ready for the combine and then he did not run at the combine said wait till the pro day i'm gonna run and then obviously we didn't have pro we had pro days we didn't have actual pro days so he's kind of in the boat where like he might not even get drafted but he's definitely the talent to go like round three i don't want to say round one but he he's good he's just as good as the guys like higgins 
than Pittman and Mims are. He every single analytics box you can check off. I think he had a sub sub twenty breakout age, fifty seven percent college dominated, which is like the ninety ninth percentile. So I really like him. Um, if he doesn't get drafted in the top six rounds, I'm not gonna like him. <laughs> like I mean, post NFL draft ranking. So those are my two my I guess deeper guys, but not really. Riff. I love Mooney, man. I love Tulane. People don't realize this. Like, so, like, Will Hall, the offensive coordinator in his second season at Tulane, was up for so many Power Five offensive coordinating. Like, or Oregon offered, then offered Oregon talks with him before they took the Boston College dude um, as their offensive coordinator. They offered, like, this dude, this guy stayed at Tulane. Like, he had opportunities and he's staying at Tulane because he's that legit. Um, and I think that Mooney is a great uh example of just what two lanes i know this is nowhere near what we're, the, the viewership is looking for but uh but mooney's <laughs> mooney's legit mooney's legit he was under the right guidance uh the last two years at tulane this guy's legit i'm excited to see what he could do in the nfl i'm glad you touched on him okay so my two outside of tyler johnson and darnell mooney uh isaiah hodgins out of oregon state university uh, and Antonio Gandy Golden out of Liberty University, the best worst school in the entire country. Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> Liberty is insane, man. Like, so this school joined the FBS in 2017. The first season that they were bowl eligible this year, they made it and they won their like the first ever bowl game in program history. Shout out to Hugh Freeze, the head coach at Liberty. Um, that's why they're the best. They're the worst because they were the only school in the country to keep their campus open when the stay-at-home, the federal stay-at-home orders <laughs> went into effect, like in like the third week of March. Like students, there's like that, there's like four thousand students on campus at Liberty University. Their president is like, like going against every pro medical professional's recommendation. It was a whole thing. So for that reason, Liberty, you're the worst. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> um, Go Flames, man. Yeah, so this guy, Antonio Gandy-Golden, one of the nicest names in the draft. He's tall. He's powerful. Um, and when I say he's tall, like, he's 6'4", 223. Like, he's a tall boy. Um, he's not overpowering with his weight, um, but he has a very large catch radius. Liberty does a very good job playing teams who are actually decent as, like, an as an FBS independent, basically. Um, look at their schedule next year. I think they open up against Virginia Tech. Um but anyways, this guy's legit. He was a lot of fun to watch this past year. Uh, the only big critique besides the fact that he went to Liberty um, was his yards after catch. He doesn't really have the separation ability that you would want, but he's also really big. So he's not really meant to have that separation ability. He's meant to be the jump ball guy. Um, so I think he'll be a red, he could be a red zone threat uh, for a lot of teams. Again, 6'4", he's going to be taller than most defensive backs. If you're playing you know, cover two in the red zone, and he gets in one-on-one -on -one matchup on the outside with some guy who's 6'2", he's probably going to be able to overpower that guy. So uh, I like Antonio Gandy-Golden a lot. Where do I see him? That fourth, fifth round, um, he could even I, – I, I've seen some, like, high third-round grades, but I don't know if he's going to be that high. Um, but I, I think that it would be a lot of fun to see him in Indianapolis or the Rams. Uh, it would be really fun to see him with L.A. Rams. Um or even a team like San Francisco, if they decide to go late on a wide receiver, like we were talking about Michael Pittman, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, this guy is just like him, but a little bit lesser. Um, but again, just a good compliment to Godwin and the speed that the 49ers have. And then Isaiah Hodgins, 
this guy's a baller. Like, we keep talking about, like, oh, are these guys good just because, like, they have Tua Tungvalu or because they have Jalen Hurts or because they have Justin Herbert. This guy is good in spite of his quarterback. Like, Jake Luton was a bad quarterback. Mm-hmm. People are saying he's going to be an NFL quarterback. Those people are freaking crazy, man. Um, Oregon State's going to have a better quarterback next year in, in Ben Galbranson. But uh, Isaiah Hodgins, again, in spite of the quarterback situation, in spite of the worst offensive line in the Pac-12 and one of the worst offensive lines in the nation. Uh, this guy put up big numbers, 83 for 11, 71, 13 touchdowns. And in the games that mattered, Oklahoma State, where they lost, 170 yards receiving two touchdowns. Um, against Washington, he had a bad bad game. He actually got hurt, came back the next week, put up 93 yards and a touchdown against Arizona State. Uh, against Cal, 36 yards only, but that secondary is insane. Got the touchdown. Again, he's the red zone target that you want. Uh, this guy produced for a team that couldn't get any production, uh, and I really I see him as like a fourth round pick, and he's going to be a great wide receiver no matter where he goes. I'm liking uh, Colin Johnson. We mentioned earlier that he was kind of uh, you know taken over by Devin Duvernay overall, but I like him there in Texas. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones is my dog too. I got a, I've been a Michigan fan since I was a kid for some reason. Um, again, I'm from California. I have no like zero ties to Michigan. Uh, but when I was a kid were the Tom Brady days um, and, uh, you know, kind of grew up in that late 90s, uh, Peyton Manning on Tennessee kind of a thing. And um, I just liked him. My, my dream when I was like in fifth grade, I wrote a book report on uh, what I want to be when I grew up. And it was a uh, college football player at Michigan. Um, but that didn't pan out. You, anyway. you dodged a bullet though, so it's okay. <laughs> anyway, I, I do. Uh, I I'm a Michigan fan for some reason. They're my they're my non uh, Pac-12 uh, team that I root for. Um, so I like those guys uh, quite a bit. Um, Riff, you you named off a handful of landing spots uh, for them, but let's uh, let's rally it off here formally, uh, just in case we actually land any of these picks. Uh, we can come back and tell the audience we told you so. Uh, Lucas, we'll start with you, though, really quick. Uh, why don't you run down the list? It's a lot of names to rank, and these guys are kind of deep, uh, you know, deeper, so not necessarily worried about itemizing these players necessarily, but maybe just run down the list quick and uh, see where you think they would be a good landing spot. Yeah, so Tyler Johnson, I'm actually like, this is the one that I like want to happen. The Vikings, uh, he would not have to go anywhere. They, the, the, here's the thing, the Vikings need a receiver, but they lost every single starting cornerback. They don't have any good linebackers and their O-line sucks. Like, the, everyone just wants to mock in receiver just says, okay, here's how that works. They're like, oh, they, they don't have a receiver, now they need one. Like, I'm not saying that's not the case with the Niners, but like, it, it kind of is like you got to look at like the depth chart and the contracts there's more to it than just like having a need there i think he would just i mean like look at Thielen. Thielen was a he tried out for the team and now he's a starting receiver get a guy in the sixth round that's being undervalued because of his freaking attitude let him go ball out against the corners there and just kind of take on um that the wide receiver one that he can be so i really like that spot there um agg Gandy Golden, any literally any team, just because he's a jump ball receiver. Like I don't think it's gonna matter where he lands. He's no one's drafting him to be their wide receiver one after the catch, ten plus target guy. Um, I'm trying to think of like a comp for like kind of like Eric Ebron. Not that he's a tight end, but like they use Eric Ebron. They just throw the ball up to him in the end zone, and it would work. Uh, Mooney, I think the Cowboys is one that I like, just because they need a slot receiver, and I think he'd be. He's, he's going to be a slot nightmare in the NFL. Like, you no know linebacker is going to be able to cover him just because he plays out of his size and he can run. Hodgins, he, he, I didn't really touch on him, but he has the best hands in this class. I think I kind of like, I sort of, that's like the thing you notice with him. So I think really any team um, would work. Like, the Niners would be kind of fun. 
just as like a position. That's what I when I think of Sanders, obviously I think of like just a good receiver, but like he's just reliable to me. So I think the Niners would be fun. Uh, Colin Johnson, I don't know. DPJ. Um, the thing with him is he plays a lot of special teams too. Um, so I think like like the two comps would be like the Broncos or Saints, just because the Broncos like to use like Sanders on punt returns, just kind of have like the versatile guy. Um, trying to think who else. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of any other receivers maybe that we missed or like long shot guys, but I think I think the Tyler Johnson to Minnesota is like the one long shot like landing spot that I really like. And that did work out, obviously, with uh, with Adam Thielen there being mm-hmm. being a hometown kid and, and them taking a shot there. So I like that, uh, Jonathan. You did uh, you did run down a handful of these guys already, but uh, if we could just blaze back through your list here and see um, where you think these guys will be, uh, maybe productive landing spots for them. I got you on mute. Sorry. Yeah, we got the bird going in the background. I realized that. I appreciate. No worries. Heads up. Yeah. So. Uh, Tyler Johnson, I like the Minnesota comp, or not comp, I like the Minnesota pick. I like the idea of him staying in Minnesota as well. Um, Antonio Gandy, Golden AGG, the boy, give him to everybody. I love that. I would love to see him. I don't, my girlfriend's a big Baltimore Ravens fan, so I don't love the Ravens now, but I would love to see this dude on the Ravens. That team, because they're so explosive and they move the ball so quickly now, like you get into the red zone, you get within like the ten yard line, you get the defense off balance, you just throw fades to this guy, and like he's gonna, it's gonna be a touchdown. Like you have Hollywood Brown on one side, whatever, whoever you want to put anywhere else, puzzle pieces, and then you have this one guy in the back of the end zone, just who's gonna be bigger than everybody. Uh, I'd love to see, and especially with Lamar, like you're gonna have to spy Lamar, which means this guy will likely be in man on man coverage. If he's in man on man coverage, good luck. So uh, Baltimore will be a fun landing spot for him. Uh, Mooney, I like Dallas. I think Pittsburgh is another viable option. Um, let's see, Donovan Peoples-Jones. We didn't. I, you touched on him. Um, I'm just not a big Pittsburgh. Or, well, I'm not a big Michigan guy. Um, but he's he's cool. I think it would be cool to see him on Detroit. Uh, just another able body receiver. See what happens with their. Uh, we know obviously Stafford is, is going to be there, but um, we'll see what happens down the line there. Um, yeah, I think that and Hodgins, Isaiah Hodgins can go anywhere uh indianapolis would be a really good landing spot the rams would be another solid one uh the bird is really trying to give some input here um yeah i think i think that's about it i think we we really hit some of these sleepers great is there anybody uh anybody else here in in your your deeper i mean this is a, a giant list obviously um of of players here any other uh deep name sleeper guys i mean every year the draft gets super deep. And, you know, as, as general football fans, we pay attention. Day one, obviously, is a big event. I don't know what the hell they're going to do this year, but it's going to be on every sports channel possible. We're all going to watch every draft of day one, probably day two, maybe round three. And then four, five, six, you kind of spy on Twitter. You pay attention to your social media, and you get updates that way. But guys always kind of rise up, um, maybe even UDFAs uh, that come through. Is there anybody else in the scheme that you think um, could be a name to – Pay attention to just in case they land in a place with opportunity. Tristan Jackson from Syracuse. Uh, I think he's coming out a little bit early as a junior. Uh, 6'1, 197. He's pretty good. Syracuse offensively is never really that good, but 66 for 1023, 15 and a half yards uh, a catch. Phenomenal last year, 11 touchdowns. He's lengthy, he's fast. 
he's not gonna he's not like explosive he's not exciting he's not going to create massive separation in the second level um but i think he's a guy very deep in this draft like seventh round he could go to a, like a buffalo bills indianapolis colts type team a team that wants to layer their wide receiving crew already he's not a guy that you're going to put like backing up your x or your y on the depth chart but he's a guy who like you know we'll try him out we'll see how it does how he does but we want to give him a shot so that's what i see tristan jackson uh being in the nfl the orange big up lucas anybody a little bit deeper we didn't cover there there's there's too many guys to like even try <laughs> well the draft guide will have have a lot of later guys so i guess that's where to look um i think mooney's like the one where i don't even know if he's going to be a later guy now because he's seen the buzz but like he he's just going to have a good career and it's kind of cool to see a two-lane receiver um sort of break out like that well that's a great segue man why don't you uh let everybody know what is coming up here at the end of the week on sunday we've been repping it every podcast for the last couple of weeks but i really want to make sure people are in tune with all of the hard work that's going into the rookie draft guide so before we get out of here lucas please uh once again break down what is coming in on sunday yep on sunday it's our free uh obviously this part is just the rookie draft guide but we'll have like a full draft guide with rookies dynasty redraft but obviously i'm not going to do that right now because it's only april but um it'll have like i said player profilers for the top guys guaranteed and then we're doing a lot of um, smaller guys and if we miss anyone on thursday friday saturday we'll get that added rankings um like a film series like maybe how to break down film how to what to watch when watching film I'm trying to think what else we have in there. The hit rates that we've been referencing in our sophomore positional uh, fantasy groups, those, all that data you can download from there. Uh, we have a write-up graphs. Um, if I'm missing anything else. A couple other articles that are just kind of fun things to do, but that'll all be free. Um, I'll wait to mention the domain until it's fully done on Saturday night or Sunday. Awesome. Really looking forward to that. There's a lot of work going behind the scenes, not just with the uh, TCK pod crew, uh, but uh, there's a lot of people involved. Um, you know, shouts out to the commission FFP. Y'all know we got, you know, good family. Actually, here, just happened to uh, have that right there for you. Uh, shouts out to our commission crew and uh, everybody else involved. Um, Lucas, obviously, you, you have a, a big team uh, outside of what you and I do. So shouts out to that. Make sure you pay attention to it. And it's free. Folks, we want to make sure you're getting the content and having a, a good idea of what exactly we're going to be doing with these draft guides come up for the uh, redraft and dynasty purposes later on with the vets. So appreciate that breakdown. Uh, Jonathan, before we get out of here, man, please let everybody know um, where they can find your content and what you're up to as well. Yeah, check me out. All streaming platforms, even the weird ones like Stitcher, apparently people use that. So uh, I'm everywhere. <laughs> Spotify, Apple Pod, uh, TuneIn, like I said, Stitcher, like literally everywhere. Uh, believe in the Pac-12 on the Blue Podcast Network with the uh, aforementioned Ryan Leaf, the ESPN college football analyst who I'm sure would have some quips with some of the takes that I had on this podcast. Um, but who knows, maybe we'll get him on here for you guys one day. Uh, you can also check me out uh, on the NFHS Sports Network where I do all my play-by-play -play stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, other, we're working on some YouTube live stuff during the quarantine and, uh, we'll keep you posted. We'll keep you posted all the TCK potters out there. Cause, uh, hopefully we can get something going that is of value, uh, to you as well. Appreciate you, brother. You're a very, very busy man. We really appreciate you, um, coming on for multiple days here. I mean, this is, you know, we've got a, a four, you know, 
a, a four set segment here. We're going to have you come back really quick for a, 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 you know, just a quick bare bones reaction to the NFL draft when all of this actually goes down. Um, and uh, eventually we're going to get you on for one of our interviews as well. When we kind of dive behind the football, behind the sports and get a little bit more in tune there. So Jonathan Rifkin, always a pleasure, my man. Appreciate having you on for the TCK Potters. Of course, please make sure to subscribe and comment right here on the YouTube channel. Make sure you share out that link as we're growing the brand here on the new YouTube page. Make sure to uh, leave a rate and review on our podcast as well. Find us on Instagram where we do most of our content. That's at fantasy football underscore TCK pod on Twitter as well that we're building TCK underscore pod. And you can uh, find a lot of our information right now, kind of in construction over the summer, but a lot of our information, our rankings, lots of articles, everything else going down at tckpod.com tckpod.com we'll be building throughout the spring and the summer getting in ready for the nfl draft and then uh, eventually with the redraft and the dynasty as well so appreciate you hanging out for a longer episode with the wide receivers uh we just did the quarterbacks and the running backs make sure you tune back into those if you haven't heard them already tight ends coming up tomorrow and tomorrow is the nfl draft the teledraft i'm excited about that and we'll get into it a little bit more tomorrow with the tight ends but until next time, for Jonathan Rifkin and Lucas Kaser, I am your host, Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 